So Parshas Yisroi is the Parsha of Kabbalah Satoira. So you have to know what is the pshat that this parsha tells us about Yisro and his entire experience that leads up to the Torah telling us about Maimir Har Sinai. So what was Yisro's Eitzah to Moshe? Yisro gave Moshe Rabbeinu an Eitzah. He said, listen, the people are waiting online to schmooze with you, to talk to you, to ask you, Shilas, you're going to get tired, they're going to get tired. I have an Eitzah. You have to have, sorry, asore, sorry, chamishim, sorry, meyoy, sorry, alofim. And this way, if anybody has a kasha, they'll go to their local rabbi, and if they have a problem they can't solve, they'll come to you. And everything will be taken care of. What Yisr was really telling Moshe Rabbeinu is you notice the people are kvetching. There's no water, they're kvetching. They don't like the food, they're kvetching. They're mamish like yeshiva bochrim. So he says, you know what the problem is? Nobody feels important. You are everything. In the presence of Moshe Rabbeinu, so... You know, it's like lighting a match in the middle of the broad daylight. It doesn't do anything. Nobody is shining. Nobody stands out. So what do you do? You kvetch. Give people a certain chashivas. People need to be appreciated. People need to be valued. So you'll have leaders of 10 and leaders of 50 and leaders of 100, leaders of 1,000, and the people that are part of the group of 10 will be Grosemachers because they're part of this group and they're part of that group, and everybody will feel Choshev. So the first Yesoid that you need to know before you can be Mechabal the Torah or before you pull yourself together is to realize how Choshev you are person has to recognize his, his uniqueness, his chashivas. Yaakov Galinsky tells a Misa about when he was in Siberia. So he says he used to well, woke up one morning and it's like 3.30 in the morning and he sees one of the other people there in Siberia was a Polish general. He suddenly gets up, he looks around he takes out from under his mattress, which whatever they had there is a mattress, he puts on the uniform of a Polish general. And he starts doing maneuvers. He stands on his bed, and he's going like this, and like this, and like this, and he's saluting, and who knows what he's doing. And, and okay, then after five minutes of this Misa, he takes off the uniform, pides it back under his bed, and he goes back to sleep. So one day... Rabbi Yaakov Galinsky goes over to him as they're going out to work. He goes over and says, hey, Kaputnik, can I ask you a question? He says, yeah, what do you want? He says, what is this business every morning? You put on a uniform and you're saluting and you're making motions. So he says, they're trying to destroy me. The Russians want to destroy me. They want me to forget who I am, but I'm a general. And I'm not going to forget it. 
So I put on a uniform every morning and I make maneuvers and I make movements because I remind myself I'm not a prisoner, I'm a general. There's a more ridiculous lesson. We have to realize we are royalty. We're princes. You have to realize how choshev you are. It was a miser with the Chabina Rebbe. He had a Talmud, his name was Avremola. Avremola was a shtickle. I don't know if he was totally off the derech, but he was certainly, you know, uh, getting there. So he calls over Avremola one day, and he says, Avremola, I want to tell you something. You are not Stam Avremola. You are a very special person. Because you are a Zidit Shover Enakel. You are Ben Acher Ben of the Zidit Shover Rebbe. So I want to ask you for one favor. I want you to promise me one thing. He says, okay, Rebbe, what do you want? Is I want you to promise me that every Friday you won't say Tachnun. Because by the Zidit Shover Rebbe's, they didn't say Tachnun Erev Shabbos. It's okay, Rebbe. Whatever you say. So now this Avremel has got a shtickle of problem. Because in order not to say Tachnun on Shabbos, he's got an error of Shabbos, he's got to go to Shul to not say Tachnun to show that he's a Zidit Shavarenikal. So he's got to go to Shul. But he goes to Shul on Erev Shabbos and he doesn't say Tachnun and he says, wait a second. I haven't said Tachnun the whole week. What's the kunz? So he decides he better come to shul every day of the week to say Tachnun, so on Friday he can stell himself a vec as a Zidat Shavarenikal by not saying Tachnun. And then he goes to shul and realizes his pasmanish that I'm a Zidat Shavarenikal not to wear tefillin when I'm going to shul so I can say Tachnun, so on Friday I won't say Tachnun, so I'll look like a Zidat Shavarenikal. So slowly but surely he starts doing this, and he puts on trillin, and then he does this, and then he goes to the daf yoimishir, and the next thing you know, he taka becomes an ayazidich of a rebbe. Because he had, he was given a shtikl chashivas. He said, oh, I'm not stam, some guy off the street, I'm a chashiv, a person. person has to realize his chashivas. You have to know who you are. And every one of you has to know you're B'nai Torah. There are not so many B'nai Torah in the world. I made a cheshman with my shear this week. Whatever the number is, I forgot. Let's say there's 18 billion people in the world and the fraction of that are B'nai Torah. So what you want in every 1,400 people, there's a B'nai Torah, a minor fraction of the population of the world, and you are those people! You are those B'nai Torah, the princes of the world. So you have to have a shtickle de kite. Look at yourself. Now Yisro is confronted with a shtickle, another problem. Yisro wants to join Klal Yisro. But he says to himself, I'm going to join Klal Yisro. I am an Oivet Avoid the Zora. Yisro worshipped every Avoid the Zora in the book. They worshipped the moon, he moved into a monastery. They worshipped rocks, he became the king of rock. He worshipped Zeus and Gleep and Gloop and everything. He was in the Avoid the Zora Hall of Fame. 
and now I'm going to go and become a Yid, they'll throw me out on my head. But then he learns and he sees the Milcham against Amalek. And what does it say by the Milcham of Amalek? When Moshe lifted up his hands, Cloud Yisrael was victorious. When he lowered them, the Amalek was, was, was winning. Break the Gemara. Moshe's hands, you pick up your hands, you win, you lower your hand, you lose. As long as they were Meshabit their heart, Baruch Hu, so they were winning. So Yisra says, wait a second. Five o'clock in the morning, they're Meshabit they're winning. Six o'clock, they're spaced out, they're losing. Seven o'clock, they wake up again, they're winning. Eight o'clock, they go back and doing Averis, they're losing. It goes up and down, up and down. What's going on over here? So Yisra says, I hop, there's an Indian of Tshuva. You can be down and you can pick yourself up and you can be up and you can fall down and you pick yourself up again. Sheva Yipol Tzadik Vikam. Then I can become a Yid also. You have to realize that as a Yid you can fall and pick yourself up. You can say I'm going to Steigen learning and you'll have a bad day. You'll have a bad week. And you can come back and become the top of the, per- top of the class. There's up and down and up and down. Sheva Yipol Tzadik Vikam. There's a Moedi Kamaisa. You see this Nakuda. There was a Yid. He was a farmer. And after a while, he made good money. Whatever it was whatever his farm produced, animals, or... He became a shtickle-gvir. And he thought that he was like, uh, really a chashiv-gvir. So there were a couple of shatchonim that were late on him. They decided, let's play a trick on him. So they went over to him and they said, uh, Reb Farmer, you should know that uh, Rabbi Kiva Eger wants to marry wants to marry his son to your daughter. He said, You're kidding. Rabkiv Eger? Who's that? They said, Rabkiv Eger, he's a god daughter. And his son he heard how rich you are. He wants his son he wants his son to marry your daughter. He said, oh, wow, how much does he want? He said, oh, he had to promise him six eggs a day and then one cow a week and showing and the guy's negotiating with him, maybe four cows a week, half a cow eh. anyway, finally they decide, okay, I'll do the shidduch. So he says, where's the fort? He says, well, you see, we can't bring the chos in here because he's such a masmid. He doesn't want to leave the gemara, so they're making the fort over there. You'll make the fort over here. Okay, fine. He doesn't know from anything else. So, okay, they're talking back and forth. Finally, the day for the chasta comes. They're all excited. The collar wears a gown. They paint the horse white, and they're going to the chasna. They come to the house, Chasna's by Rabbi Kivega's house for Shtetzach. He couldn't have time to come to the, to the farmer's house. 
And it's kind of strange, it's kind of dark in the house, they don't see, you know, you would think there'd be streamers out there, and there'd be a band playing or whatever, and maybe there'd be some sushi being served, you know, and gunished. Uh, they can't figure out what's going on. They knock on the door, the gabai opens the door, and they say, we're here! Who's here? We're here with the kala! So the gabai figures something's fishy over here. He calls her Rikivega, Rikivega comes, and he says... Uh, yeah, who are you? He says, we're here with the Kala. We're supposed to marry your son. He says, all my children are already married. And the Kala realizes they've been fooled. And Mickey Vegas says, someone played a trick on you. And the Kala gives a scream. I am so embarrassed. I'm so embarrassed. I'll never get married again. I'm so embarrassed. And the wife says to the husband, you fool, you nar. And she's banging him on the head with her umbrella. And he says, listen, 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 we'll, we'll get over it, we'll get over it, we'll move on, just calm down, we'll, we'll move on. Keith Ager sees the situation, he calls his grandson, he says, Shloyma, come here. He says, I want to ask you something. He says, sure, Zayda, whatever you ask. He says, I want you to promise me you'll be maskim. Okay, Zayda, I'll be maskim. He says, I want to read you a shidduch. Gvaldik. Vices, he was out of the freezer. So he says to him, I want you to marry this girl. And he shows her. That girl? She's about to jump out the window? He says, yeah, that girl. And he says, I promise you, if you marry her, ten dairis of Choshiva children. So he says, okay, I'll mask him. The person who researched the story says that the 10th generation in the war escaped to Belgium and they came away unharmed and they survived. Because there's a fringe benefit when Rabbi Akiva gives a promise of 10 dairis. You get 10 dairis. What did Rabbi Akiva Eger see? That he gave his anical to this family. A farmer. He gives his anical to that girl. He heard the fellow say, we're going to go on. He heard the fellow say to his wife, we'll get over it and we'll go weiter. And when he hears the yid say, we can pick ourselves up and go weiter. And even though we ended up in the blotter and it's embarrassing and someone played a trick on us, we'll go weiter. He saw that's greatness. That can produce ten dairies of Choshev children. We all have our moments in life when something goes wrong. And sometimes we want to throw in the towel, and sometimes we make a decision, I'm not this and I'm not that. The emphasis, you keep going. I once heard over that in Treblinka they put up a parochis on the way to the gas chamber. It said, taken from the shul. And he didn't walk through that parochus into the gas chamber. It was a mockery of everything chashev. And what happened after the war? We took the same parochus and we put it up in shuls and you go to many shuls and you'll see a parochus and it'll say, back on the Orinakodesh. Because we picked ourselves up and rebuilt. Because Klai Yisrael doesn't give up. That's Akdomat, the Kabbalah Satayr. 
We never give up. And that's the idea I've said many times in the Shemesh Shmuel. And it says in the Pesach, B'chodesh HaShlishi, L'tzeis b'nei Yisrael me'eretz Mitzrayim, B'yoyim hazeh midbar Sinai. The Pesach begins that on the first day of the month of Sivan, they came to Midbar Sinai. The next Pesach says, V'yisu me'refidim, they traveled from Refidim by Yavoyu Midbar Sinai. This is a strange thing. Why don't you first tell me they traveled from Refidim, and then tell me they came to Midbar Sinai? It seems to be out of order. They came to Midbar Sinai, and by the way, they left Refidim. Why is it backwards? It's a lesson for life. The Yidin were in Refidim, and they were depressed. They were in a bad matzav. Rofu Yedeim in Atoira, Vayovay Amolek, Vayilochem Yisrael Berefidim. It happened because they were not in a good matzav. They brought Amolek on themselves. And they knew it was the dark day, and they knew we have to be Makabal the Torah. And they're thinking to themselves, how are we going to do that? We're in the dumps. So they, in their mind, pictured who they really are. In their mind, they projected themselves to our city and they said, that is who we are, the Klal Yisrael by Maimed Arsini, the great people standing around us, that's who we are. So when they projected that picture to themselves, and they defined themselves by their future, not by their present, then by Yisumei Rafidim, they were able to travel from the Rifian. Everybody has a moment when things don't go well. And moments like that, you say to yourself, I'm a failure. I'll never grow, I'll never steig, I'll never achieve. Don't define yourself by your failures. Don't define yourself when something goes wrong. But have a picture of who you're going to be, and that is who you are. And then live your dream. Have a picture of who you're going to be when you're 25. Who are you going to be when you're 30? And that's who you are. And then live that dream. And figure out how you'll get there. But don't define yourself by who you are today. Because who you're going to be defines who you are. What are your dreams? What are your ritzoinahs? What are your visions? And then live it. And that's the Hakdama, to be Mikabal the Torah. So there's a Gemara in Baba Metzia. Gemara tells the story of Abelozer ben Horkinus had a machloikus with the Chachom about the Tanur Shenachnoi. He held it was Tor, they held it was Tomei. Meridika machloikus. Sir Abelazabend Horkinus says to the Chachom, I'll prove to you that I'm right. Because if I'm right, let the boxer tree take off from the ground. The Gemara tells it, shot up in the ground, the Shilas, how high it flew. Sir Rabbi Yeshua said to Rabbi Elazabend Horkinus, we don't bring rayas from boxer trees. So he said, okay, I'll bring you a raya from the stream. 
He said, let the stream of water prove that I'm right. And the stream started to flow in the opposite direction. And Rabbi Yeshua said, we don't bring rayas from streams. So he said, let the koisle base hamedrish prove that I'm right. And the walls started to cave in. And Rabbi Yeshua said to the walls, you keep out of this. And the walls stopped right where they were. And he said, we don't bring rayas from the walls. A bosco came out and said, you're paskin like Rabbi Lozer ben Horkinus. And Rabbi Yeshua said, you keep out of this. Yochid verabim, alochikirabim. So the Vilna Goyen says, Pshad in that Gemara, that Rabbi Lozer ben Horkinus was saying, if you think you can't paskin like me, what do you need to be a ben You need an Indian of Mimistapik Bamuat. You're not into Moisris. The boxer represents the life that people live with a limited amount of food. If Shimon Yechoi in the cave, all he had was boxers and water. So let that prove that I'm not a person who's into my tivus. And then water represents Anova. Says, let it prove that I'm an Anova. I'm Roy Fatira. Let the walls of the base medish prove I'm a Masmid. But I have a little bit of a different to her. And that baby is more the mice for us. First, he says the tree should take off. I said last week, Adam ate Sasoda. We're all doing it to a tree. But sometimes you have to pick yourself up and take away your connection to the ground and soar. Pick yourself up and take yourself away from being rooted into the ground and take off and soar and become great. Lift yourself up and say, I'm tired of being earthbound and be giving into my tithes and my physical lusts. Take off and go and become a greater person. <coughs> and when you're a mentor, you walk against the tide, the stream flows the other way, you can go against the tide, the world has Michigan of things they do, you don't have to do what everybody does. If Nike says just do it, you can say no. I'm not going to do it. Whether it's a hairstyle, whether it's a dressing style, whether it's the pants you wear, whatever it is, you don't have to go with the flow. You're a bent tire. You can walk against the tide. And let the Kaisley Beis Medris testify that you gave up all of the geschmack that you could have had in this world to sit in the yeshiva. And you made a decision to come to a yeshiva to be B'nai Torah. And every one of you made that decision. Nobody took a hair with a gun to their head. So the Kaisley Beis will testify that you're all B'nai Torah. There's one more thing you need. It's a shtickle rotzen. There's a maisa with the altar from Slabotka. He had a Talmud who was dovuk to him, beleva nefesh. His name was Rav Meir Chodosh. Rav Meir Chodosh came to the yeshiva. He attached himself to the altar, mamish day in and day out. 
and Yalta was Makarifim tremendously. He became the great Mashgiach of Chevron of Meir Chodosh, Leichot Tzadik Lefrocha. So one day, the Alta says to the Meir Chodesh, I have to go to Berlin. Don't follow me. So he went. After a few days, the Meir Chodesh couldn't be without his Rebbe. So he got on a train and he went to Berlin. He comes to Berlin, he didn't realize it was such a big city. Now where's he going to find his Rebbe? So he sees a Yid, he says, where would a Yid stay if he came here? He told him there's a hotel, the outskirts of the Jewish, Jewish uh, neighborhood. So he went to the hotel and sure enough, the Yalta was there. He didn't want the Yalta to see him right away, so he was hiding. The Yalta saw him and gave him a Musa Shmuz. I told you not to come. You didn't have to learn how to listen to me. But Meir Chodesh notices that the Yalta from Slobodka is sitting and talking all the time to a Yid in a wheelchair. So Meir Chodesh says, Rebbe, why, why are you talking to that Yid all the time? So he says, oh, he's a Yid who wants to start a Kailu. So Rameya Chodesh says, must be very rich. So the Alta says, actually, he's not very rich at all. He has no money. So he said, he must be very influential, that he can influence a lot of people. So he says, actually, he's, uh, he can't speak. He doesn't talk. He's dumb. He says, uh, he's in a wheelchair. He can't talk. He doesn't have money. So why are you talking to him about opening a coil? He says, because he has a rot sign to open a coil. And ain't dover rot sign. If a person has a rot sign, nothing will stop him from achieving his goal. And I'm not going to take away his rot sign. I will encourage him because he will do it. Because he has the rot sign. Every one of you, if you have a rotzain, nothing can stop you from becoming B'nai Torah. Nothing can stop you from steiging and growing and blossoming and becoming a Dele Torah. The only thing that can get in your way is if you don't have the rotzain. But if you have the rotzain, you can fall and pick yourself up and realize your greatness and realize what it means to be a Ben Torah and how choshev and how special and how unique and how great every one of you are. And then pick yourself up and tell yourself that I'm going to live my dream. And I have that vision of who I will be one day in the future. I'm going to start marching toward today. And I'm Yer Tzashem. You make that Kabbalah and you'll have that Rotzen. One day every one of you can become Gedele Torah, Tzadikim, and Oivde Hashem to the greatest level. And through that, we'll all be Zeicher one day to lead us to Mashiach Tzadikim.